Knock, knock. Who's there? Professional. Disaster. That's right. My name is Matt Norman. <laughs> Sorry. I was uh, laughing off screen. And I'm Will Hevener. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we ask each other questions, and we mostly answer them, because even though we're supposedly professionals, we're still figuring this stuff out. Amen. And hey, if you figured this stuff out, please email us at profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, any questions you'd like us to cover, all that kind of good stuff. Or if you just have any responses from episodes that you've listened to, maybe thoughts that we didn't uh, kind of think about or talk oh, about yeah. that, that maybe you thought of that we didn't, we'd love to hear that kind of stuff. So email us, please. It would be a blast sometime to do kind of like a, a sort of follow-up or catch-up kind of episode where we just kind of pick up on maybe some lingering threads that yeah. have developed since then. That would be a blast. But, hey. We need emails in order for that to happen. <laughs> I know. Anything you got, we're glad to take, you know? We're not picky about this kind yeah. of stuff. Unless it's our wives, then we are. We're extremely picky. Only uh, emails. Yeah. <laughs> Very specific guidelines for our wives emailing the show. Well, we kind of have a special episode today. Today's episode is going to be called The Disaster of Improv. Not because we're going to talk about improv. It's potentially confusing in that way, but yeah. but I like it. I like it a lot. Yes, if that, if that incredibly well-executed and creative opener didn't prove it, we sometimes like to do <laughs> things a little bit differently. That's right. That's right. And so basically what we mean by improv is that all three questions Matt and I have prepared ahead of time to ask each other, but we have no idea what those questions are. Mm -hmm. So our answers are going to just be coming off the top of the dome. This is a great episode because one thing I've been hearing is you guys don't ask enough questions. We want more questions in the episode. <laughs> what's what's going on? I, I thought I was getting a lot of questions. And, so hey, now you're getting double the questions. You're getting, you're getting so many questions this episode. Wow. Um, we hope you enjoy it. We hope it works. Yeah. So I guess we, we, we jump in with the warm up. And I'll go first because <laughs> as far as difficulty goes, I think mine get more difficult as the show goes on. Okay. So we'll we'll, we'll start off easy. So are uh, are you ready for this? I'm ready. All right. I I don't think this is too hard. I think you you're going to come up with this pretty easily. What is in your opinion the worst book adapted movie you have ever seen? Mm. Ooh, that's a really good question. I can tell you what mine is. There are a lot. <laughs> Um, starts with Percy, ends with Jackson. That one, that one's, <laughs> that one's right at the top of the list. I'll give my answer, but, but real quick, just about the Percy Jackson <laughs> adaptation. I mean, I, I remember watching that uh, with my wife Tara uh, uh, when it pretty pretty shortly after it first came out, and this was right after I had first read the books, and I'm like, this is this is 
horrible. But at that time, I was also in a stage of my life where I was like, you know, I was I was really specific about what I thought, you know, movie adaptations were going to be. And I was like, you really yeah. should never deviate from the from the book or the source yeah. material or whatever. So then, you know, just recently when when we were getting uh, Samuel into the series, I was like, let's go back to it and let's see. Maybe it's actually not that bad, even if it is different. It's just no. terrible. No, I mean, it's terrible. Absolutely garbage. You know, there's a lot of times where you read books and you watch the movie or vice versa. You watch a movie and you like it so much that you read the book. And I I would say that there's so many times where like I I can see why they did this Mm -hmm. differently. I understand this. I know this maybe wouldn't translate to screen well, but sometimes when they take away from the beauty of a character, the intelligence of a character, the, the, the wittiness yeah. of a character. Yeah. But Percy Jackson was just one of those situations where they just threw an atom bomb at the story. It's, because it's, it's a really disappointing one. Cause they were like, okay, it's like they got a spark notes, you know, cliff notes version <laughs> of the story. And they're like, okay, these are the things we have to have in the movie. Right. And, you know, but, but like you said, you miss out on the heart, you miss out on yeah. the character. These, these the, are the, the fun morals. parts of Greek mythology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here's one that, that I'm going to propose that's, I mean, it's not it's not the, the worst adaptation. I think it's just one that completely misses the point. Um, and it's not a bad movie in its own right, just totally different. But it, it, it's it's Will Smith's iRobot. Mm. Um, and, and I really enjoyed Isaac Asimov's iRobot. That was a book I read in high school. And, I, and my mind was kind of blown by it because kind of the premise of it is that everybody thinks the machines – are going to turn evil in iRobot, but they never actually do, right? Oh. That's what happens in the book. Um, in the movie, there is a point where Will Smith has to shut down like this, you know, this, yeah. this evil um, artificial intelligence. And I feel like, you know, in trying to make it into an action movie, they kind of lose the thread of what makes it like this really thought-provoking book. And I know you kind of have to do that. Otherwise, yeah. you're probably not making an iRobot movie um, as a summer blockbuster. But Yeah, because it's not as fun. But it's just one of those ones where I kept waiting. I was like, man, are they going to like have some sort of twist where they reveal that? And they do have this kind of interesting, you know, through line with, um, I believe it's Paul Bettany who plays the the good robot in yeah. it. But, uh, but, you know, about like intelligence and, and sentience and, and those threads are kind of interesting in there. But it's just very different from the adaptation or, or from the source material. Um, that that's one that kind of comes to mind immediately. I'm sure I can think of another one if I if I have more time no, for some yeah. of the worst uh, well, man, mo- versions. Most of them are, you know, even even some that like I remember reading Hunger Games and then seeing the movie, and I I mm-hmm. didn't necessarily hate what they did in the movie, but it was filmed in such a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. like they strapped a camera to a 12 year old boy and. Had him run through the field, With and the, it was yeah, like so shaky. Those and, camera yeah. uh, work, it was very popular at the time too. That yeah. was a very, Ugh. very popular style of filmmaking. Thankfully, John no Wick seemed to you know bring that back, so that we yeah. don't have that shaky cam stuff yeah, as much oh, anymore. Man. Not a fan of that. Yeah, I uh, the the one thing that's kind of interesting when thinking about. Uh, those types of adaptations is that they're probably a lot of them are just so soulless or lifeless that you know they kind of they filter out of your mind right after you watch them you're just yeah. kind of like yeah that was a movie <laughs> and it's like no <laughs> um it, it's kind of rare in my mind that they're just so bad that they come back around and you just can't get upset about how bad they were yeah this is this is the probably part of the lazy in me but i prefer to watch a movie first 
And then if I really like the movie to go get and read the book, mm-hmm. because then mm-hmm. I, I still appreciate both. But a lot of times if you read the book first and then watch the movie that you have expectations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that reading the book second, like fills in all the details. And there's like some excitement of, Oh, that's not how it was in the movie. This is different. Oh, we're going deeper here. Like it's, there's more excitement there yeah. for me, even yeah. though most people don't do it that way. This one's off the top of your head, but would you say best adaptation would be like Lord of the Rings? Yeah. It's, that's, it's, that's like the first one I think of. It's hard to argue of, anything like, other than that, just because they stayed so close to the source material. There are a lot of changes, mm-hmm. but none of them are canon changes. They're mm-hmm. not character changes. And some of that is because that Tolkien was so detailed. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, the, the extended edition movies are four hours long. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, how much how much more can you throw in there? So, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so my warm-up question for you um, kind of takes a different different approach, of course, um, but but again, I think you'll be able to come up with this. Will Hebner, you've been sentenced to death. <laughs> What's your last meal? Oh man, that is a that is a really good question. And not even like I want to go to this restaurant and eat this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a part of me that's just like. Dude, send me to Golden Corral and let me <laughs> just, just slam just it. Being, just like, absolutely. Why not? No consequences after yeah, the fact. It's like, why go not? for just, it. Yeah. When I, it's, it's really hard for me to deviate from a really, really good steak. Yeah. Like a, a good steak. Mm-hmm. Not, not, you know. It's hard for me to deviate maybe from like uh, if, if I got some side item choices, I might go fried green tomatoes. Excellent. Because with, with ranch, mm, mm. man, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for that. And then if, if I got to go dessert, man, I probably would go avocado smoothie. And I know that there's probably some people that are like, <laughs> what, a, what a weird thing. But... It just it's so good, and I am I'm a sucker for boba, man. Those of you that, that don't know I what boba that. is, it's just like tapioca they put in teas and different stuff. And I I don't know. There, there's a lot of like super sweet stuff out there, but that's just one of those things. that's just like, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like you get to chew on the 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 tapioca boba. I don't know. That's just one of my favorite things. So I I think that's probably what I would what I would go for. That's excellent. What about yeah. you, man? Um, I have. Uh, I would like um, just a really, really nice lasagna. I like I, I, I kind of go crazy about lasagna, but but I don't call you Garfield. But I don't. I have a that's have a hefty collection of. Uh, yeah, I you know. can just kill me before the meal if that's it's right. going to be lasagna. <laughs> this would be uh, maybe one of your least favorite meals ever, probably. Yeah, I just don't like pasta. <laughs> that's way too much pasta. I know. Yeah. Um, and and usually I don't. I mean, like lasagna for the longest time has been my favorite food, except for the fact that usually I feel like just really super heavy afterwards. But yeah, I'm not gonna have to worry yeah, no, about yeah, that. Oh yeah, who cares? So, You're about to be um, dead. <laughs> so you know, uh, I have uh, I have some family members that make a, a really really good lasagna they, mm. they have the right mixture of the cheese and the sauce and all of that kind of stuff and it's just it's they don't just use choice. ricotta do they is that what this oh that's nasty. they use a little bit of ricotta um actually the one the one that i'm thinking of actually uses a couple of different cheeses and you wouldn't think that like uh uh 
American cheese would work well with uh, oh, bet, with this, yeah. but it, it's like it's not what you think of, or it's not what I would have thought of. Yeah. But it, but it works pretty well. But I um, do think there's also a layer of ricotta still in there too. I'm feta all the way. Yeah. You put feta in that instead of ricotta, and you That's might talk me into it. Okay, I okay. just um I love feta cheese. I'm intrigued by this now. Um, now you gotta try yeah. it. Yeah, I I see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for dessert I would probably just eat. I don't know. All the cookies, all the cookies yeah. from, from <laughs> all the crumble cookies. that week or something like that. It's just like, yeah, just one of each. One I'll of take each. That. I, I never indulge that much. Yeah, <laughs> just shove them down. Yeah. Mm. That's like a non-sponsor sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Crumble, if you want to send us some money for mentioning you, we appreciate it. We know you're listening. We know, we know you're we listening. We know you're listening. <laughs> all right. We can switch into uh, question of the pod. Yeah. I, I went first. So I, I guess... So. We'll, we'll let you we'll let you go first absolutely time. so in keeping with our question of the pod there are always a lot of different ways you can kind of take uh this so so feel free to explore it however kind of uh hits you so i have a question of the pod for you and it is what do you see as being your biggest challenge or obstacle over the next few years and you can think about that in terms of your calling as a minister your mm. job as a lead pastor which i see as being you know yeah. related but distinct um your role as a as a father or as a husband or anything else and you could think very personally or or very professionally yeah i i'm i'm my my tendency is to go towards family matters simply because those are more Great meaningful show. to me and like I'm more concerned about those things because if those things don't go well, you you got to live with them, right? Okay. Yes. If your job doesn't go well, I mean, there's there's hope that you can find a different job, mm -hmm. different career. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the the end of the world. It, yeah. As much as I would say, just quickly, I think as a a pastor, the and this would probably be a great topic for us to talk about sometime. I think the hardest piece of ministry is trying to figure out how do we live in a world full of sin where we can love people but not encourage and enable them in their sin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's the hard task of the church. I think it's becoming more difficult nowadays because there are so many people who have bought into this mindset that if you disagree with someone, then you hate each other mm -hmm, or that mm -hmm. you're in opposition against one another. And I, it's funny. I just, you, there was a sermon a couple of weeks ago where I talked about, uh, <laughs> I said, listen, there's a lot of people out there that love Burger King. And I, I think they're out of their <laughs> ever loving minds. You couldn't pay me to go to that place, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like dislike those people because they like Burger King. I just, I just questioned some of their life choices. Like, doesn't mean that we can't be friends. So I, I think it's a really difficult culture to disagree with people in. And when we have a gospel where Jesus gives us a certain amount of things that we need to do and accomplish to, you know, uh, to change the way that we live. You know, some some so many people just have just a terrible misunderstanding of of mm -hmm. what God's rules, the purpose of them. Yeah. You know, he's not this no fun fairy that tries to come in and ruin your life and make right. sure you don't have any fun. He, he, he don't want you to get hurt. 
He wants you to live a, a fulfill, fulfilled life, mm-hmm. uh, an abundant life, as Scripture tells us. But did you want to speak into that before I moved on to family? Just to say that I, I totally agree. You know, we are we are kind of like in this society where it, there's, there's so many kind of, I don't know, conflicting, contradictory views about how you are supposed to love people, yeah. you know, what it means to, you know, kind of live, uh, you know, you know, even like what, what terms like good and, and bad mean. And, and, and we know that there are things that are, that are, you know, set. We, we know that from scripture. We know that just from, you know, what the Holy Spirit convicts us, but you know, it, it, it that, that runs against a, a cultural expectation sometimes and, and kind of how to square some of that stuff. You're right. It's a huge topic One we yeah. could definitely, you know, dig into deeper. Um, but, but I think, yeah, what you say also about, you know, the family life about, you know, your, that piece is important because it definitely impacts everything else you do too. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's interesting. And it, and it kind of leads into what scares me about raising children in this culture and, for my daughter more so right now because she's eight versus my son who's 18 months. Yeah, so right. obviously the, the concerns are different there, but having to address so many different things with my daughter, having to tell my daughter that, Hey, if you go over to somebody's house and somebody tries to touch you inappropriately or any, like you have the right to fight back that this is not okay. The fact mm-hmm. that, I've had to have that conversation with her, you know, it's just, it's just sad to me. I I think just trying to be a father and raise your kids and and hoping that they're going to pursue Jesus someday, especially as a pastor. I don't want like, like I I would say that my biggest fear is, is in this job is that somebody will cross me or I'll have a bad experience and my daughter will take that to lose her faith in the mm. church. And I, and, and I don't know that necessarily she'll lose her faith in God. I, I think that's different. And I, yes, but I do still believe in my heart of hearts that the church is supposed to be the hope of the world as far as connecting people to Jesus Christ, because he is our savior. And so if she gets disconnected from the church, what, what does the future church look like? And that scares me because I, I don't want to live in a world where the church the church dies. And I'm okay if the church needs to change, if yeah. it needs to look differently. But uh, just that piece of it scares the living daylights out of me. I think those are going to be the, the struggles that are hardest to me. Obviously, my relationship to my wife, my kids, us living in this culture, I think... One of the things that I started praying for Malin Young, and, and I think that this is 12 years of working with students that mm-hmm. I have this perspective, but there's a great quote that is, it it is one of, I would say it is the most true thing I've ever seen and experienced in my life at every level. And that is show me your friends and I'll show you your future and who you surround yourself with. Uh, just it. I, I've just seen it have devas- devastating effects to mm-hmm. so many kids, kids that grew up in good homes. And I've also seen it have positive effects, kids that, that grew up in terrible situations that surrounded themselves with, with people that were, were, were quality, you know, pursuing the Lord, you know, high moral character. And they got out of the dysfunction that, 
that their family had surrounded them most of their life. So I, I think that I, I pray all the time and I think all the time about it. I just hope that, that Malin grows up in a culture where she has a group of friends that encourage her to continue to pursue Jesus, uh, to know Jesus uh, for herself and her own faith. And I, w- I would say that that's my family getting into heaven is mm. the utmost, foremost concern for me. I'm kind of following up on that. What you say makes a lot of sense to me, too, and it is something I think about a lot with, uh, with, with my boys. And there are certain things where... There are certain things where I'm trying to not obsess over, but I can't help but also be just a, a tiny bit concerned about. You know, sometimes yeah. they'll they'll go to uh, Sunday school and they'll they'll kind of like come out of it, and I'll be like, okay, well, what'd you learn in Sunday school? And they're like, nothing really. And and, and I know it's because they're not really in, engaging with it, right? They're not putting forth the effort to yeah. actually engage. They're not finding it worthwhile and i'm like what is that why why is that happening and and to some degree i know that's just kids being kids but do you ever i mean like have you seen have you had moments with that where you're kind of like uh is it you know and i know like you know in your in your home i mean obviously you're (laughs) because of your job if nothing else but i also know you just have a very strong faith life you know be reading the bible and everything you're you're that's that's present, you know, ever present. But do you have those moments where you're kind of like, okay, Malin, um, I'm a little concerned about some of the behaviors you're showing here, or anything like that, or or not? Like, are, have there ever been any spots? Yeah, I don't know if there's. I'm I'm assuming that it'll be different with Atlas' personality and the fact that he's a a boy mm-hmm. you know changes changes a lot of that i think a lot of malin is she can be moody and so much of that is just regulation of emotion so it's not necessarily her fault mm-hmm. i i feel like we've really tried hard to help her understand like you might be tired you might be hungry mm. And this is causing you to act uh, out of character for you because you you are not you're not disrespectful. You don't do these things normally. Yes. So kind of you know figuring that out. But I I I think that my hope is is that she sees how much we apologize when mm-hmm. we don't hit the mark. I hope she sees our our effort to try to get into the word of God at home. I hope she sees our effort to, to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's times where, you know, she'd potentially walk in, you know, to the living room and I'm on my knees praying. I'm not saying that happens all the time. Sure, I, just, but... I don't want to like, I want the people to know how spiritual I am. I, I just, just mean like there's, there's sometimes there's things like that, that they see that I, that I hope she just develops. Like it's okay for me to not be perfect because God loves me and and I just want to pursue my faith there. And and so I hope that she sees that because we're not perfect, that she doesn't have to carry that burden of trying to be, because I I think that we as parents can put on unrealistic expectations on our kids, especially, especially when it comes to 
the regulation of emotions because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. we don't even always regulate our emotions that well. So I don't know how we could expect our children to be great at it. <laughs> The expectations piece was one I was really kind of, my mind just kind of kept coming back to because I think that that can be in some ways so, I don't know, sabotaging to um, a child's um, growth and development because, you know, there are certain things that happen in my life, in my childhood, and I know that they were not the best thing for me. And I am concerned that, that like Samuel, for example, he's about to go into middle school. And so there are certain pitfalls that I just middle, don't want him middle, to. That's like a, I just had PTSD, I think, I, a little bit. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. No. No, of course. Uh, full disclosure: I didn't go to middle school. I was homeschooled. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know what it's like. Um, yeah. Tara uh, taught middle school for ten years, so so she knows a little bit what it's like. And so, when she gets nervous about it, I start to go, "Oh, is this gonna be bad?" Yeah. Um, but uh, but but there are certain things where it's just kind of like it's it's exactly like what you said, Samuel. And Samuel, you know, is is clinically diagnosed with ADHD, so he's you know he has some impulsivity and and things like that that you know I have to kind of be cognizant of but when I see him kind of behaving in a certain way you know I really want to kind of just say Sam you got to stop doing this man this is bad for you this is a bad behavior to get into and other times I kind of have to remind myself hey Matt you were you were a lot like this with your you know kind of anger with your kind of like you know reactions your sarcasm whatever you want to do it I mean it's not you know and it, and it worked out, I guess it worked yeah, out fine. Yeah. You know, you were, you were maybe a little bit ruder to people at times, you know, maybe a little bit more disrespectful to your parents than you, uh, maybe well, should have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but it's like, you know, don't forget the fact that he is, you know, he is a good kid and, and Jeff is a good kid, even though they act up sometimes, you know, yeah. that, that, that part strikes me as being, um, tough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're still disasters. That's one of the ways we are definitely disasters, yeah. All right, you ready to to switch to to my question for you? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. This has... There's no through line today, folks, because we're just going going into this blind. Love it. This is just one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about lately. So, Matt, how how much does validation play into what motivates you? And is that different now versus five, ten years ago? <laughs> and I I just coming from somebody who when you really think about the heart behind why we do what we do, and I think that there's a lot of time mm-hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily say that, yes, I'm doing this because I want to be validated by this person, or I'm telling this person about this because I want them to validate me or I want to find validation. And actually part of the reason why I got to this question is I was thinking about a conversation that we had off pod and you were talking about a a book that you had written. And I, it's so impressive to me that you wrote a book that you did not pursue fervently sure you might have i don't know what we haven't really talked about this but to my knowledge you didn't pursue fervently to try to get it published yeah and writing a book is one of the things that has really been on my heart as far as i've I've always wanted to develop a devotional book and finding the time to do that but, but i just found the uh i just found the copy you gave me hey, um, you three years ago <laughs> that i have half edited <laughs> but that's but besides what, the point Sorry. one of the struggles that i have is 
why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do I want to publish this? Do I really want to help people or do I just want somebody to say, wow, you're really smart, Will? Yeah, and, and just thinking about your your life and your career and your yeah. profession as a father and, and everything, what what would you say role what what role does validation play and what motivates you? That's a really good question. Um amazing. Uh uh just just how much that has um I would have to be very frank and honest and, and admit how much that has motivated me. Um, especially especially as I was coming out of out of my teenage years and into kind of like the the last couple of years of college and then thinking about like what a career would look like. Um, and uh, and as I'm kind of growing professionally, you know, may, maybe it's kind of a little bit of an education you know, afterthought or, or after effect, you know, you, you receive a certain amount of validation that comes from getting a good grade, right? You know, so there's something to be said about like there's a scoring system um, when it comes to um, higher ed, especially. Yeah. And maybe that maybe that's part of it. But but whatever the case, I just realized that and it, and it was so funny. There were certain things that were happening in my life all at the same time. I was getting more involved in in the church that I was a part of, and I was singing on the worship team there. And um, and and while I'm not the best singer, I do think that one of the things I can do is kind of you know um, be be very resilient when things mess up or something like that. You know, kind of roll with the punches. And and one of the things that I did like to do was I liked to welcome people to the service. Right, that was one of my favorite things that I could do. And a couple of people said, hey, you did that really well the first time I did it. And I was like, well, that feels pretty good. Thank yeah. you for saying so. <laughs> and so then, of course, I wanted to do it every single time because I just wanted more and more people to come yeah. up and say to me, wow, man, you did such a good job introducing that. And I'm like, I'm like 20, 20 or 21 at this point. So, so this is me kind of like coming out of my shell. I was a very shy person for so much of my, my young life. And and so, like, that validation kind of was, was useful for giving me a lot of confidence. But then the problem became that I think, you know, I, I, I kind of required it too much, you know. It, yeah. it, and, and it's tied in with pride, I think, a little bit, too. You know, there's a certain amount of, like, you know, okay, I want to feel good about myself. Right? And insecurity, yeah. right? Absolutely, right? I, I, I need this to know whether or not I this is going to sound really dramatic when I say it like this, but I need this or else I'm not going to think I did a good job. Right. If somebody does not tell me, Hey, you did a good job. I'm going to think, Oh, I must've done a bad job. Right. And at a certain point, and this is really sick, but when I was dating Tara, Tara saying this, you did a good job was not good enough for me. (laughs) I needed somebody that I was not related to. And I was not currently dating to tell me that, or else I was going to think, Oh, I must've just really screwed that up. You know, it was, total insecurity. It's it's funny you say that too because I had an experience where I preached a message maybe 3 or 4 years ago and just happened to be somewhere and happened to come upon somebody and we started talking a little bit and they said, "Hey man, there was a message you preached, you know, however many years or however long ago and you said something that's really stuck with me." And it's like, you know, I, I don't remember what what type of validation mm-hmm. I got for that mm-hmm. message at the time. But here we are, you know, three, four years removed from that performance, that experience. Yeah. And here's somebody speaking and saying, man, you really. And it's like, wow, yeah. here's 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 impact. Yeah. And it's it's almost. 
as much as it stinks to not get it in the moment, it's almost mm-hmm. better to for the payoff. One hundred percent. And I and I will say, and and this could be total hubris that I'm saying this right now. This could be me with like some sort of weird blinders about myself on. But I think somewhere over the last ten years, um, my my. I wouldn't say desire for validation, but my appreciation of validation comes more from the fact that, you know, it's it's good to know that things that I'm doing or things that I can be used within are having an impact. Yes. You know, so yeah. if somebody says something to me like, oh, you did a really good job with that, even even if it's something as silly as somebody saying something like, you know, hey, I appreciate um, something that that came up in you know a board meeting or something like that, right? I don't. I, I've I've gotten to the point now where I really don't think about myself and being like, wow, I run a really good board meeting or something like that. You know, that's <laughs> not that's not really it. It's just more so. Um, I I at least again, sometimes we can be dishonest when we say these types of things, especially if we're saying you know a microphone in a way that we think is going to go out to people. <laughs> but I think I'm being honest when I say this. I'm I'm just glad that people are being served that people are having a good experience that people are growing closer to the lord and if if there is any part that i can play in that that is wonderful that yeah. makes me feel really good about myself but not because of something i did just because you know whatever is happening that's the bigger picture that needs to happen and that i get to play a part in that so it's like that is exciting that is thrilling that's satisfying that feels like i am doing what i was i was made for but it's not necessarily me looking within myself and saying wow I'm pretty great, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's it's more like just just gratitude as opposed to pride, if that distinction makes sense. And, and would you would you say that some of the the struggle there or the the dangers of letting that validation go to your head is is probably more so not necessarily in how you feel about yourself, but if you begin to elevate yourself yeah. above other people and, and then in what ways do you show in your actions that you, mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, looking back, especially I see many examples of that from my, my time during that time period that I was, I was talking about at, at my, at my previous church, you know, I started to, I, I guess the best way to describe it is I started to feel myself a little bit, you know, I started to, you know, and, and so what happens then is that uh, at least when, when it would happen to me is that I would just take things a little less um, seriously, maybe, maybe a little less uh, humbly and, and, you know, just assume that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really skilled. I'm really talented. I can do whatever I, I needs to be done. And, and thus, you know, I don't need to put in my preparation and make more stakes that way. There was also a little bit of, you know, kind of a begrudging attitude that I bring to everything else too, you know, cause I, I feel like I'm, 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 you know, top stuff. And so it's like, you know, what is this practice that's dragging <laughs> on for too long or something like that? Yeah. And and there are a lot of times where I look back and I'm like, that's exactly what you were doing, man. And and just what a, what a terrible mm. example to set for other people. And, and it's so horrifying when you look yeah. back at some of those moments and you're like, oh, yeah. and it's like what? <laughs> and, and of course, this is the <laughs> this is the flip side of the insecurity piece that I still have not, you know, um, fully reconciled. And I, and I don't know. I mean, there's, there's something to the benefits of this too, but just the shame of feeling like, man, what must they have thought of me? <laughs> so I was just yeah. acting like the biggest um, jerk yeah. in the world. And it's like, man, you're like, you're like 22 years old. What do you, what do you think you know, Matt? It's like, oh uh, man. And, and I think that people that were 
that age yeah. have a little bit more grace because they're like, ah, you're, you're going to get into life and you're going to yeah. be yeah, humbled yeah, yeah. quickly. And certainly if they thought that, then then I they appreciate were. that. They were absolutely <laughs> right. I appreciate that grace that they gave me not to, you know, just say, man, what a jerk and like dismiss me totally. You know, they were yeah. like, he'll get it. He'll get it. And, exalt yourself and you yeah. will be humbled. Humble yourself and you will be exalted. I feel like yeah. I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, I wonder. Is that, <laughs> what book is that from? <laughs> no, that that's awesome, man. I, I, I really feel like we have to be so careful with our hearts Mm -hmm. and there's a scripture that says that our our hearts are deceptive above all else and i think that have you have you sensed or noticed anything in your life that's helped you kind of find the balance between like validation is okay but that can't be my motivation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um there's certainly something that can go askew pretty easily right you know i think um when we kind of get caught up in the um calling back to an earlier um uh, topic of of a previous episode of, of busyness sometimes that's something where we can really lose perspective but what what has happened i would say again not to say that it's perfect by any stretch we are disasters but the idea of you know being able to see myself at different points and real and realizing in in hindsight, okay, Matt, you were you were way off base here. And then there's another point in my life where it's like you had the right attitude there and realizing I want to kind of make sure I am continuing to be humble in that in the way that I was in just to throw out a year uh, 2013 or something like that. Yeah. You know, there's just yeah. certain stages in my life where it's like that's the kind of feeling that you need to get because and and my wife will attest to this. Um, it's not a great thing, but it, it's me. Um, I have, I have a, a horrible memory for a lot of things, but I, I have a great memory for all of the different feelings I felt over my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it is an unfortunate library of all of the different things I was feeling emotionally at different points. And I can say, remember how you felt back then, Matt, you don't want to feel that way again, or you yeah. don't want to, don't want to manifest that again. It, you know, I know myself well enough now that um, it's really important that I reflect, um, whether it's journaling, which we've talked about in the past, or whether it's just, you know, giving myself quiet time and you kind of intermix some prayer in with that, too. And it, and it's that combination of my reflection and, and the Holy Spirit kind of weighing on me. It usually helps me kind of get back on track so that my my center is a little yeah, bit more cool. um, present there. Um, what about you, though? I don't mean to. You know, I know this question is for me, but but are there spots where you've kind of noticed going off track, and and any any ideas for how you can kind of like get back? I guess is yeah. I I feel like I've always I've always wrestled with that. Still do wrestle with it. I mean, even as as simple as I share sermon clips on my my Instagram every mm-hmm, now and mm-hmm. then, and I. I just go back and forth between why. Okay. Yes. Like, am am I am I trying to promote my brand? And not that whatever that means. Like, <laughs> I say that like there is a brand, but you know, am I trying to promote myself, or am I? Do I really want people to get connected with some of the thoughts that God laid on my heart and things that I really think can can help maybe encourage or motivate somebody. And one of the reasons why I decided to to keep doing it is that I noticed there are quite a few 
people that I went to high school with that to my knowledge, aren't believers mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. like some of my, you know, posts every now and then. And I'm like, man, God use me despite me. Use me. Even if I have the wrong motives. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't. And, and I, and I know that there's probably like some, I guess, uh, respite knowing that if I'm wrestling with those thoughts, that it's probably, I'm at least not like, yeah, you're not totally blind to yeah. it. And thus, you know, <laughs> because if I wasn't wrestling with those thoughts, then I, and I wouldn't even, I just wouldn't even care. Like this is just about me just promoting. And, and so there's, there's that line where God allows us to experience his glory when we get to do something for the Lord and serve him, whether it's, you know, buying somebody groceries or like there's just this this positive yeah. feeling that like this excitement like yeah, yeah you did right. something good like mm-hmm. and it's not you know the, <laughs> I, i'm ruining this but i've already ruined this because i've still I've, I've told this too many times and you know there's a scripture that says don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing yeah 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 you're not supposed to talk about the stuff that you do for nice, but th- this lady ruined it for me. So I think it's just kind of a funny story, but I was, I was in line at a grocery store and this lady was standing there and I just was joking with her about the prices of groceries and how ridiculous they are. And she just kind of made this comment like, yeah, I, I don't even know that I can afford what I got right now. And uh-huh. for some reason that just really burdened my heart. And so she was like kind of putting her groceries in the cart off to the side. And so I was like, I was like winking at the cashier and I was like, I'm going to, I'll, I'll pay for her. Just let her go. Don't, don't, yeah. you know, don't tell her. I don't, I don't want it to be a big deal. And then the lady, she tells the lady that somebody's paid for her groceries and she like makes a little bit of a fuss about it. Um, just cause she's, you know, mm-hmm. shocked. And then the she like asks who, when the cashier looks, she didn't say anything, but she, she looks directly looks right at, at you. Yeah, I'm like, well, thanks. Yeah. You just who you, could it be? You just you just ruined that. <laughs> and then like the, you know, after I'm you know got my groceries and I'm paying for my groceries, the, there's a lady from another line that comes up and is like, oh, that was so sweet of you to do that. Like, right. Well, I didn't want anybody to know that. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I mm-hmm. was trying to be incognito, but yeah. It, it didn't work, but it it felt good in that moment to yeah. share in the glory, to feel like this lady really, and, and, and I, and maybe some of it is there's so many opportunities that we miss that we just don't think about. We can help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're willing to help, but we don't because we just tunnel vision or whatever. We just don't think about it. So I think that Sometimes we just got to do because we cannot let the fear of wrong motives keep us from doing something kind. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was maybe your first Sunday um, at, at, at the church here, um, and, and we were doing the prayer in the back uh, before service was beginning, and, and you said something very much to that effect. And I thought that that was really, uh, really, really cool, really interesting, because it made me think— Yes, sometimes I worry so much, okay, are my motives wrong or am I doing this for the wrong and and to some degree what I felt when you when you kind of said that and you prayed to that effect too. It's like, you know, just in this moment at least be free of that, you know, just yeah. just 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 
sing, you know, just, just worship and, and, you know, God will take care of the rest almost, you know, it's not that it's a bad thing to think about like, okay, what are my motives at or anything like that? But, but, you know, God's going to use that. Um, even if, even if your motives are are, are a little askew, you know, especially if you're thinking about it and and you are trying to improve. I think, I think I remember what you're talking about. And, And one of the huge lessons that God taught me was learning to pray my desires mm-hmm. to God. Because I think that we make a mistake in, in Christianity where we just try to pretend like yeah. we don't have these desires. Yeah. Like we pretend that we don't think that that woman is beautiful or we mm-hmm. we, we pretend mm-hmm. that we don't want people to think that we're smart or we pretend that we don't want people to think that we're funny yeah. or, or, you know, whatever it is. And I one of the things that I try to, I don't, I'm not going to lie and say I do it every time, but when I when I remember and think about it and when I'm convicted before I get on stage I say God please take my desires yeah and I try to name some of them and the ones that I can think of I want people to think I'm handsome I want people to think that I'm smart I want people to think that I'm funny yeah and instead of pretending that those are not there God I want to give them to you mm-hmm. and I want you to use those and turn them back because I I think that some of those desires aren't bad desires they're desires that get twisted and so i think my prayer is god i'm recognizing that i am broken i'm recognizing that these desires exist in me can you can you retwist or Mm -hmm. you know move them back into a a good place and use that to help me be excellent but not not excellent so that i receive the praise but excellent so that you can work through me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and sometimes it just starts off with prayer and then i think that whether or not you mean that prayer at all in the beginning, you keep praying that prayer. And I think God really helps you understand your heart and helps you to have a better heart towards some of those things, because it just, it just is stupid to pretend that some of that stuff is not there. And I I think it makes it worse. Absolutely. How foolish is it to think that it's like, okay, well, if I say this in the right way, then God's going to receive it better, no matter what the desires of my heart are. Right. You know, as if God can't see right through that, you know, it's, (laughs) it's like, you know, it's like, not my will, but your will God. But if I'm really thinking like, but, but please do this, please do this, please, why not just be honest in our prayers in that way, you know, and, and with, with an acknowledgement about like, you know, what, what the Bible says about what prayer is and all these mm. things of course but but yeah. i'm not saying like you know be, be like super selfish in your prayers that's a good thing <laughs> that god wants but 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 it's impossible not to not to acknowledge the fact that you know when we're praying for someone to be healed or something like that you know we we want that to happen you know mm. even if that's not necessarily what is going to happen yeah know? yeah all right are we are we ready to transition to the most important i question? think so yes Alrighty, I think it's my turn to, to ask. Okay, go for it. So, do a little bit of setup for this. Uh, there's a verse that I want to read to you, and okay. something that really kind of I, caught me off guard is the wrong thing to say, but just kind of really like, wow, mm-hmm. made me really think and say, I really don't want this to happen to me. Okay. But this is Luke 19, 41 through 44. As he approached and saw the city, he wept for it. This is Jesus saying, if you knew this day, what would bring peace? But now it's hidden from your eyes for the days will come when you come on you, when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you and hem you in on every side. 
They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone one stone on another in your midst, because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. And that last line kind of <laughs> stopped, stopped me in my tracks, and you did not recognize the time when God visited you. And, and I was just thinking about what he's saying to Jerusalem. Jesus is here and he's saying, you guys are not, he's predicting what's going to happen because you do not understand that I am God in the flesh and I am here yeah. and I have, I have visited you. One of the things that I like to do with scriptures, I like to turn it on myself. And I, and I just ask myself that question and I, I don't know that I came up with any good answers. So I'm going to ask you. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> is... How do we make sure we recognize when God visits us? Mm. Or how, how, do we, how do we make sure we don't miss when God visits us? That's a great question. That's a great, <laughs> great, great, great I question. Told you, I, I told you you might be a little upset with me before, the, before the podcast because, well, it's a deep question. And it, I, mean, this, this, I mean, it's a... Well, it, it goes back to something and... and I'm sure you struggle with this, though, probably in a different way, you know, just because of, you know, your 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 job as a pastor, as someone that, you know, it, it is in some ways your job to read the word, though I know it's not exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, a novice reader of the Bible can kind of take is that when you read an example of scripture it can sometimes seem like the Bible is telling you to do one thing, you know, like about standing up for yourself or taking up your sword or something like that. And then there can be other times where you read the Bible and it feels like, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, the 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 peacemakers and stuff like that. And you're not supposed to, you know, fight against these things. And, uh, and, and, and again, I know that there are ways to kind of parse between that, but I always kind of like would kind of like say, well, how am I supposed to know when I'm supposed to do that versus when I'm supposed to do the other thing? Mm. And so so this question kind of come comes along that because I have I have wondered that um, in the, not exactly based on this verse or in those terms. I think a lot of it comes back to the idea that when we um, when we submerse ourselves, when we immerse ourselves, I guess is probably a little bit better word for it. When we immerse ourselves in the Word, when we immerse ourselves mm. in prayer, that's where the Holy Spirit really gets a hold of us and says, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! You're missing something here, and you are this. This is important. What's happening to you right now?" Um, Pause. Or, or, Be still. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's hard to do. It's very hard to do, right? Because of all the stuff that we've talked about, because of of, of culture, because mm. of our busyness, because of you know anxiety or depression or you know all of these things that might that might just kind of play at us a little bit because of the weight of expectations, because of all of these things that happen external to God's great design for you know us living in harmony with each other and with Him. Part part of the reason why they they missed Him is because that he did not fit their idea of what a savior should mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the question, a follow-up question I want to yes. ask you is, do you feel like sometimes we miss Jesus because he doesn't respond to us in the way that we either think he should or hope that he would. Yes, 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 right? Because there's this, we have this expectation because, you know, we, we uh, 
have read the Bible or because we've been in church or in Sunday school or whatever, we've, we've learned a lot about, you know, scripture or something like that, that we've got it figured out, you know, that there are certain things that we can look for. And when this happens, I know that's going to be Jesus coming back. Or if this happens this way, it must not be Jesus. It must be some sort of like, you know, false prophet or some, something else. And one thing that I have had to ask myself, um, and, and sometimes my, my kind of struggle with faith was kind of really instructive for this, was kind of this 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 kind of just destruction of the whatever you want to call it the 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 preconceived canon or whatever just to think like what if what if I just don't assume I know everything you know like what what if what if I am wrong you know like what yeah. if, what if I just kind of like I I I've I have read I have studied I I think things are going to happen a certain way and I'm you know. Uh, we, we could be talking about a million different things here. We could be talking about eschatology. We could talk about, you know, the return of Jesus or something yeah. like that. We could be talking yeah. about, you know, you looking around the, the world and just kind of seeing, okay, well, is this a sign that, you know, we're, we're heading or is it not, you know? And, and just this idea that I don't know. So mm -hmm. not to be like immediately dismissive of something without kind of like thinking about it, without praying about it, without really considering with an open mind, okay, what, what what am I supposed to take from this? What is God trying to teach me with something here? What am I supposed to be looking yeah. for? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's really hard because I think and I and I think it, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush as I say this right. I don't want to overgeneralize, but you know I think sometimes when we get older we feel a lot more security in certain things, and that's a good thing, right? There there is a lot of benefit. Look, just talking about it before that my my struggle with validation part of the reason I don't struggle with it as much is because I feel a certain more confidence in that but that can go too far and it can turn into stubbornness and we can become ignorant to the idea mm. that things are going to be a little bit different than the way that we thought they were going to be and we see yeah. that with a lot of the things that happen in the church when when certain things relating to worship relating to the way that we we talk about issues the way that we treat people you know when that's just slightly different people say oh well the church is you know a morally bankrupt you know institution now you know <laughs> yeah. because because we sing contemporary worship songs instead yeah. of you know just the same how, old hymns how dare you know you? as an example right whereas that's not necessarily i think the lesson we're supposed to be taking from you know the evolution yeah. of you know worship music for example yeah. Yeah. um or or the way going back to what you were saying the way that we you know treat people you know wanting to love on them without necessarily validating every life decision that they make, but also not standing in judgment of them. Mm. There, There's a certain generation, I think, where that that's just not the way that they were raised. That's not the way that they were, they, they were kind of like taught to treat people. And so that's a lot harder for them. And for some people I know, and I'm getting really, really super specific here, they see any kind of like, I don't know, compassion or, or maybe compassion in a certain way, they see that as permissiveness, you know? And would you say that some of that is a, is a lack of mercy? And what I mean by lack of mercy is I, there's sometimes that I define mercy as forgiving others for not being like you. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I just think that there's so many times where God sends us a message and we're convicted and we're convicted to change, but just because we've been convicted doesn't mean that somebody else has. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that they won't ever, yeah. but I can't place my convictions onto you. Yeah, right, right, and, right. And you can't place your convictions onto me because the Holy Spirit's doing something different in your life than he's, 
than it's doing in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that it's it's a little bit foolish, and I think it all comes back to where did the Pharisees go wrong? Yeah. Is that their hope was in the law instead mm-hmm. of in the Savior. And so because of that, they lost the 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 thing that matters most is love God, love people, not love the law. Absolutely. And the way that they are presented in, especially the Gospels, right, is doing nothing but trying to rein people into those expectations of the law, yeah. right? And, and in that way, they come across as nothing but the most rigid, you know, soulless people, right? They have, despite being Pharisees, right, they have no hope because they're so, yeah. like, they're just so dead, you know, from a spiritual yeah. side because the law is not alive. You and, know? and what mm-hmm. Jesus said to them is you... you you set up all these expectations that you you're that not even impossible. meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's really that's cool stuff. That is a cool question that I am definitely going to keep thinking on <laughs> too. Um I have I have a similarly challenging question um for you. Um this is Bring something Yeah, this is something that's been playing at uh at my mind because of just a lot of things that are going on um with with my family um back well, east. Well, mm-hmm. allow me to. Yes. Allow me to solve all your problems. <laughs> so and and this could definitely be something that we we dig into so much more. So don't feel like you have to go too in depth with it, especially just getting it off the cuff, but here we go. Um what do you do or maybe what have you done or what do you recommend people do when you're despairing, when you feel distant from God or like he isn't mm. listening even though you know in your head all the truths and promises of his love, but it's just just it's not you're just going through a season where despair is just ever present. What how have you handled that in the past, or, or what do you recommend to people? It's it's crazy that you say that, mm-hmm. because I had a question of the pod for you. Oh, really? That I changed, because I I don't know that I wanted to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Our, my, my intern, Jaina, we're going to co-preach in a couple weeks, awesome. and it's going to be on joy and grief. Mm-hmm. And I was I was going to tell you that I had this thought of this illustration, and if if you end up listening to this and then you hear it in the sermon, don't be disappointed. Cause it's, like <laughs> it's a, a sneak preview yeah, it's a, of sorts. It's, you know? a sneak, it's, a, it's a prototype. Preview. Yeah, And I don't know if it'll end up in there, but, yeah. it, but it could. But I, I just had this illustration in my mind of, here you have this big hunking piece of garbage in your life and you're standing before the the Grand Canyon, right? And the garbage represents your grief. It represents despair. It represents maybe stuff you don't want to deal with, stuff that's really hard to face. And you're standing at the edge and you're, you're, the temptation is, well, I give this a real solid kick. It's going to fall into the abyss that is the Grand Canyon. And here you have this garbage that you've not gotten rid of. You've just pushed it deeper. Mm. And what what that does to you as a person, if your your mentality is, is that every time I face garbage in my life, I just I just kick it off the cliff because I don't want to face it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with it. And so I I I got to be careful what words I use because I don't sure. wanna, I don't want to receive any letters. But I I came up with this. I say I came up with it. God laid this on my heart when I was going through and and writing devotions four or five years ago, and that was embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is a really, it's, it's easy for me to sit on my side of the chair 
and to look at somebody who's going through a despairing time and say, hey, embrace it. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel like. Thanks a lot. Yeah, but it, it goes back, and, and, and I, hate, I hate to play the pastor on this one, but it goes back to blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mourn, you will not find comfort. Mm-hmm. And you have to feel the way that you feel. You have to em- embrace it. You have to, because I, I think that despair can do two things. It can push you closer to God or further from him, depending on how you react to it. And it, 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 it probably all comes down to, we have to have an understanding that God is sovereign and that he loves us and that he has a plan. And that plan may not include this life being good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're listening to anything. Well, it's easy for you to say, Pastor Will. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've really tried to change my attitude. I've, and, and I, and I hope that maybe I've found some answers, but it could be that I haven't, but I've struggled with, with my back to where I, I cannot, I cannot be the dad I want to be. Right. I, I cannot do some of the things I want to do. And, and I'm not going to try to sit up here and say that it's it's like getting diagnosed with, with cancer and, right. and potentially, you know, looking at fa- death in the face. and But it is the death of a lot of things in my life mm-hmm. and things that I'm, I don't know that I, whether or not I need to grieve, but I, I, I listened to this great thing the other day and it just said that our, our brains cannot process grief and happiness or joy or thanksgiving at the same time. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And which or anxiety. Yeah. Our, our brains cannot process anxiety and thanksgiving at the same time. Like that's okay. like, like that's what a, like a scientific study has mm-hmm, shown. Mm-hmm. And it, Cognitively. Sure. Yeah. And it's so funny to me how then you look at scripture and God said how many thousands of years ago, uh, Instead of don't don't be anxious, but pray about everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pray with what? Pray with thanksgiving. Yeah. And so he's literally giving us the science mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of how yeah, he created cool? us isn't and how you cool? know how it works. And I think that we 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 just have to pursue God. And I think that that's I, I try to encourage people be upset with God, be mad with God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. feel your emotions towards God. He can handle it. He's big enough to handle it. He yeah. gets it. There, he's the only person that gets it. You think about the struggles that you have, whether or not you have a, a kid that disrespects you and doesn't love you and whatever, who better to understand than, yeah, that's true. than God? That's true. Somebody who goes through loss, somebody who's lost a son, who, yeah. who better to... Under, like, it all comes down to, like, there's nobody that understands sorrow and grief and pain like God does. And I think that, you you have to you as difficult as it is you you just i just try to encourage people don't run from it it's okay to grieve it's okay to not be okay it's okay to feel the way that you feel it's okay that this might take you some time it's okay to be depressed mm-hmm. but you don't have to stay there and and you may be there for a while yeah but you don't have to stay there but if you keep kicking garbage off the cliff and not dealing with it and trying to run from it and avoid it. I mean, 
th- I mean, think about the impact of just filling your 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 soul with garbage, and and what that does to you. I was I it, w- something you said there really really just struck me, and and I think that I I think I one hundred percent agree that there's you know there's a certain thought or or philosophy perhaps that you know lifestyle perhaps that, that we can like accelerate certain things you know accelerate our emotions or our processes of, of, of very complicated things like grief or or despair or anxiety uh, to get past it and I think we really cannot right yeah. you know I think as much as we might want to try to um, you're probably a lot of times kind of you know fooling yourself if you're if you're kind of like okay I'm gonna give myself a day to uh, to be really depressed about about this and then I'm going to move on our bodies don't, our minds or, or whatever don't necessarily work that way in, in a it, way you you can't avoid the storm but you can choose how you face it yeah yeah and so I think that there's something to be said about like recognizing okay this is this is going to be a rough time um, I'm probably not going to be the best whatever the best uh, the best Christian, the best, you know, um, the most put together, emotionally complete father, um, um, you know, spouse or, or whatever it might be. Um, but but acknowledging that it's like, OK, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to violate any any of my like core values or anything like that. I'm just going to be it's going to it's going to be a rough time from now on. Yeah. But but not to lose not to lose hope during that that process. You know, well, it'll be, and there's a we, we talked about this with Evan. There's a lot of doubt that goes into going through stuff like why would God let me yeah. do this why, yeah. I, I wrestle with that yeah, yeah. you know you, you think about what, is it Jacob that wrestled with God mm-hmm. and he wrestled with him all night and he gave him all that he had yeah and there at the end God touched his hip and he never he never walked yeah. the same right, right, right. like that, like that's really annoying I mean, if you think about it like I gotta walk with a limp or yeah. with a cane yeah, the rest of my life because of this but every time, I mean, he just re- remembered that, that God was with me, mm-hmm. you know. He was with me in my struggle. He was with me while we were wrestling. And, and I, I, I just think that we get so good at putting up this front of, if I'm going to be a Christian, if I'm going to follow Jesus, then I, I, I have to be put together and I have mm-hmm. to be okay. And it's like, well, where? Where, yeah. where do you see right. that? I mean, it, it's funny to me. I had somebody come up to me at our church picnic and say, "I'm I'm thankful that you seem real or genuine." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I think what they were trying to say is is that I I'll throw myself under the bus, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm I'm perfect. But that that was what pastors of generations before me were taught. Absolutely, that, that you you have a standard that you live by, and you better make sure that nobody else sees you under that standard Mm -hmm. and i'm just like i'm sorry that's not who i am yeah Yeah. i'm not perfect i screw up all the time i'm i deserve hell just as much as everybody else does Mm -hmm. i'm only getting in because of the grace of god so to to come back to to just being you know what it it's okay yeah yeah like wrestle with it fight with it but you don't have to do that like i i think that the, the problem with that is 
is that I don't want to be honest about my feelings because I'm afraid what everybody else is going to think about me because I shouldn't feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so now, not only am I dealing with the weight of that, I'm dealing with the weight of it alone. Yes, 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 yes. When we repress it, and this kind of goes to the to the to the uh, illustration, right? You know, it doesn't actually it doesn't do anything with the actual problem, right? Instead, it's yeah. there, but you're just kind of ignoring it. You kick too much trash into the Grand Canyon, even the Grand Canyon will fill up with trash, yeah, and then eventually. it's a bigger problem, you yeah. know. Um, so. That's a that's a really compelling piece. And and I think and I know we're going just a little bit long here, but the idea that, you know, when you when you kind of get into analyzing like the figures from the Bible, all these great heroes that are in the Hall of Fame or Hall of Faith or, or you know, yeah. whatever it might be, you know, you just realized how absolutely screwed up they were yes. in ways <laughs> that imitate so many of our faults that we see amongst our friends and our family and everyday yep. life, even even among people that are really, you know, that we would consider to be really devout or holy or, or whatever. And, and it's yeah. like that should be so reassuring. Right. Because like Moses, for all the great things that he did, still had trouble controlling his anger, still suffered a lot from, you know, whatever you want to call it, insecurity or doubt, you know, possibly yeah. a speech impediment. You know, there are just all these kinds of cool things that you read into and you're like, they, you know, we we can find some sort of solace or comfort in that fact that, you know, that that you don't have to be perfect um, to be to still be claimed by God, you know that that's Amen. That's All right, the story. Yeah. Final thoughts. What Final, you got? I've got. Uh, I I, I kind of touched on this a little bit just because I couldn't. When you said it, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't let, let it go, go. by. But uh, <laughs> but just the idea of uh, family and how important that is because mm. of how that impacts everything else. Yes. I was like, that's absolutely true. You know, there's this great line from um, Avatar: The Way of Water, um, where uh, Jake <laughs> says to uh, his wife, whose name I can't remember, he says, "This family is our fortress." And man, mm. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that slightly ironically, slightly in a joking way, because that movie is kind of ridiculous and in all the best ways. But uh, yeah. But it, but no. it is kind of true too and and it kind of made me think you know there was a a decision that uh tara posed to me yesterday about like you know should i what should i should i help out with the kids with something coming up in a few weeks i'm like i don't know i should probably work it's getting going to be getting pretty close to the semester um and on at the last second i was just kind of like yeah sure i'll 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 help out with that and and now i'm just feeling like yeah that was that was the right choice because the family is so important that family time is something you can't get back so amen um, and I do think it will make me a better um, everything else too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What about you? I we kind of wrestled around this idea of validation versus impact, and to to be motivated motivated by validation it can be sketchy at times. But I I think the thought that I had was that it's okay to be motivated by impact. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say is this worth my time? Is, is this actually going to accomplish what yeah. I needed to accomplish? Like it's okay to want to be, um, uh, efficient, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess, but thinking about that and like, it's, it's not necessarily that I want to be validated by my impact. Right. But I also don't want to waste my time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just like was, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that there's a, a lot there that I've never really thought through before. And, and, yeah, that just really stood out to me. 
it, 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 it brings to mind a conversation that I had um, very, very briefly on uh, Sunday where somebody uh, came up to me and mentioned about the class that we taught um, a couple of, you know, a couple months ago now. And she uh, th- this person told me her two words, her, her kind of oh, two words cool. as it relates to this this Bible study. It was cultivating positivity. You know, she feels like that's what she was put on earth to do. And she didn't say anything like, um, uh, 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 Matt, that was a really great class that you and Pastor Will taught or anything <laughs> like that. Like, man, I really enjoyed the way you guys taught that class. She just said, I found my two words and yeah. I feel really good about it. Yeah, that's cool. And that gave me the same thrill that certainly 10 years ago, but, but I mean, anytime somebody's saying like, Matt, that was so good because like you said, I felt like it was making a difference, yeah. making an impact. Yeah. Um, and that, oh, that is awesome. a powerful motivator, much better than someone saying like, no, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been better. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Welp. Well, got to be three whelps. <laughs> okay. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Please, if you got anything uh, you want to share your heart or what, what questions you have, reach out to us by email. That is profdisaster2023 at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. Have a great week, everybody. Peace.